is the Equity Experience Podcast, a space created for every educator or school leader who is authentically pursuing equity and inclusion in their classrooms and schools. I'm your host, Dr. Carla Manning, and I welcome you. Hello, hello, good day, and welcome to another episode of the Equity Experience Podcast. This is your hostess with the mostest, Dr. Carla Manning, and I am excited to be here with you on today as we dive into another conversation focused on helping you to create equitable and inclusive classrooms, schools, and workplaces for the folks who you uh, work and teach with. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Today's podcast, I thought it would be a good idea to have a conversation with you around how to have courageous conversations, right? As a trainer, as a consultant, I work with schools and obviously the crux, the foundation of the work that I do is around communication and conversation. You know, anything (laughs) dealing with this topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, everything within this topic It's more or less about communications and conversations. Almost everything that we do is involved around conversations. So I thought it would be a good idea to come on and share with you the protocol that I use to help others have courageous conversations. You know, I applied these principles to myself. I'm not exempt from this work as well, because at times I need some courage. (laughs) At times I need a bit of courage. I need a, a dosage of some courage to help me to continue this work. So I thought it would be a good idea to come on and share with you the protocol that I use. And of course, when I say courageous conversations, of course, I am referring to Glenn Singleton's epic work with this very topic. So if you are not familiar with Glenn Singleton's book, Courageous Conversations About Race, of course, I would strongly suggest that you check it out. You know, I'm not an affiliate partner with him. I don't get any kudos for promoting his book, but I promote the book in the sense of as a guide, as a guide to help you in your work. So if you're looking to have some further insight around this specific topic of conversations, I would strongly recommend that particular book. So in this podcast, I'm going to share with you the agreements that Singleton outlines in his book. And another reason why I would like to share this on this podcast is because anytime I have a training, I start the training off with these four agreements. And I ask all of the participants in the training to center themselves and to ground themselves in this moment so that we can be aware of what we are about to unpack with this particular conversation, whether it's around racial equity, whether it's around gender equity, whether it's about adopting some mindsets and having some mindset shifts, anything and everything with diversity, equity, inclusion, anti-racism, et cetera, Anything and everything deserves some time and some a few moments for us to ground ourselves. And that goes for everyone because there is so much happening in society, particularly with anything regarding the topic of race, critical race theory, racial equity. So my recommendation here on this podcast is that anytime you decide to have, particularly if it's a serious conversation, right? If you are a school administrator, and you want to have a conversation about racial equity with your staff or with your parents, I would recommend just taking a few moments to share these principles with folks and to ask that people sort of join you in these few moments to ground yourselves. 
So I'm going to share these four agreements. And then, of course, I'm going to sort of unpack what these agreements mean. And then I also have a sort of a document that, and unfortunately, I can't give credit to the author because the author didn't put his or her name on the document. It's a document that I accessed from the internet. So it's untitled and unnamed. So I'm going to share this document with you, though. But again, all of the information from this particular document has been modified and adapted from Glenn Singleton's work. So the four agreements, number one, stay engaged. Number two, expect to experience discomfort. Number three, speak your truth. And then number four, expect and accept non-closure. Okay, so let me unpack each of these, if I may. Number one, stay engaged. So Glenn Singleton defines the concept of stay engaged as meaning remaining morally, emotionally, intellectually, and socially involved in the dialogue. I like that he starts this off morally. I like that because the more that I involve myself in DEI work, the more that I see diversity, equity, and inclusion as a moral imperative. I went to a conference a few months ago and I heard Dr. Lester Young, who is the chancellor of education in New York State, and I heard him say that at the conference, that diversity, equity, and inclusion is not a political agenda, it is a moral imperative. And I like that because that reminds me of the humanity of this work, that even on this podcast, I'm not pushing a particular agenda or a particular belief system. What I'm encouraging us to do is to think about how diversity, equity, and inclusion shapes us and informs us, not just in academic and professional ways, but then also in moral ways. So staying engaged means to, in the way that I look at this, is to be committed to the conversation, be committed to the time that is allotted for you to dig into the concepts and unpack what these ideas mean for you. So even literally, if you're on a training and if it's a virtual training, stay committed to that training. Don't take unnecessary time to go on your phone and check on your dog and watch five minutes of whatever days of our lives. I don't even know if days of our lives still comes on, but be committed to the work that is in front of you. Don't give yourself excuses to not be engaged. Allow yourself to sit with the concepts and with the ideas that are presented to you, even if it's not comfortable, even if it's not comfortable, okay? So stay engaged, make a commitment to yourself. You know, this is really only to yourself because if it's virtual, no one can really tell you what you should or should not do behind the screen. So this is really a commitment that you are making to yourself to stay engaged and to be committed to the task at hand, okay? Number two, and this is a good segue to number two, We should expect to experience discomfort. And this is important because sometimes people think that they will be 100% comfortable in these conversations of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm here to tell you that you're not. (laughs) You're not going to be 100% comfortable. Just by the nature of the work of DEI, there are going to be some moments where you may not feel comfortable. And that is okay. That is okay. And experience discomfort, it does not necessarily mean that some wrongdoing has happened from another person to you just because you may have experienced some discomfort. Discomfort is really an element of growth. It's really an element of growth, right? I mean, I had a baby, gave birth to a baby 
two years ago. There's no way that I could have expected anything to be comfortable with that. And any mother who's listening to this podcast know what I'm talking about. But the element of discomfort is a part of giving birth. It's a part of labor. There's no way around that. And so, you know, as a mother, when it was time to go into the delivery room, I couldn't get away from that. And so it's really the same thing here with DEI work. You know, we can't expect to show up to have conversations focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion or anti-racism and expect to feel 100% comfortable. Now, I'm not an advocate of people shaming people or people agitating people deliberately or people intentionally saying things to anger someone intentionally. I'm not a fan of that. That is not my approach and I'm not an advocate of that. But what I am saying, though, is to allow yourself to feel uncomfortable at times and to expect that in those moments of discomfort, that that is number one, it's okay. And number two, those moments of discomfort are a part of the growth journey and to accept it just as is. Now, again, I am not equating discomfort to deliberate agitation, to intentionally saying things or doing things to get a person all angry and everything. I'm not saying that. However, there's no way around this element of discomfort, particularly with the conversations of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I'm going to read what's on on this handout here behind experience discomfort. It says that this norm acknowledges that discomfort is inevitable, especially in dialogue about race, and that participants make a commitment to bring issues into the open. It is not talking about these issues that create divisiveness. The divisiveness already exists in society and in our schools. It is through dialogue, even when uncomfortable, where the healing and change begins. That's powerful. That's powerful. It is through the dialogue. It is through the conversations where we can see healing and change happen, even when those dialogues and conversations are not comfortable. So that is why I say that we can expect to experience the discomfort and to be okay with that because it is with that discomfort, it is a part of the growth journey. It is a part of the growth journey towards healing, towards change, towards transformation. And we should be okay with that. We should. And I also want to even go a step further. And this is really another conversation. I had another conversation around emotional intelligence on one of my previous podcasts. But in these conversations, we can also expect to be okay with emotions that may come up and to not feel bad if we begin to cry or to not feel bad if even if we get upset or if we become angry at a point that was raised or when we begin to reflect, you know, we should be okay with these emotions because we are human beings. We're human beings. I was leading a training with the school district and these were a group of administrators And one of the women on the line, she began to cry. She was telling a story and she began to shed some tears. And she shared with the group that that wasn't something that she was anticipating. But I like the fact that she was okay with her emotions. You know, she didn't lash out at anybody because she was crying. She didn't shut down. She didn't close off the Zoom and turn her camera off. She was totally authentic and accepting of her emotions and her discomfort at that moment. 
with her colleagues, even with me as a stranger. You know, I had worked with them maybe a couple of times before, but <laughs> I'm not in her school, her school on a regular basis. But she was okay with that. She was okay with that. And I appreciated that. I appreciated that this person was willing to sit with her discomfort, even in front of her peers and her colleagues. I was very appreciative of that. So number two, experience discomfort. And I would add, experience discomfort and expect the discomfort to be a part of your healing and growth journey towards becoming an equitable and inclusive educator. Expect the discomfort to happen, even for people of color. And again, that is another conversation to be had around how people of color sort of experience DEI work and interpret DEI work and perceive DEI work. But there is also a lot to be said around folks of color, particularly Black folks, Latino folks, folks who had a long history in America of experiencing racism, how we show up in these spaces, right? And it's not easy for us as well to have these conversations about race and to have these courageous conversations. So again, that is another conversation to have. So the second agreement is that we should all expect to experience discomfort. Number three, one of my favorite agreements, and I would probably say it is my favorite agreement out of all of these four, is to speak your truth. I love this. (laughs) I love this because all of us have our own truths. All of us have our own truths. And the beautiful thing about a human being is that all of us are okay with having our own truths. Right now, I'm seeing a therapist, hey, shout out to some mental health and self-care. And one of the things that I like about therapy, sort of a light bulb came on for me a few months ago. But one of the things that I appreciate about therapy is that I can show up to therapy with my own truth. So if something has happened to me, if I've experienced an event in a particular way, I get to say that that is my truth. There is no one else in that space who can try to deny it, who can try to reject it, who can try to dismiss it, nothing like that. I get to show up in therapy and completely be myself and own my truth and speak my truth with no limitations. And that's powerful for me. That's powerful. And this is probably why this is my favorite agreement Because I am now a believer, I'm a strong believer that all of us have our own truths and all of us have a right to speak our truths. All of us have a right to speak our truths. And no one can come and tell you what your truth is or what your truth is not. And guess what? You don't have the right (laughs) to go to someone and say what their truth is or what their truth is not. So a third agreement in this work of having courageous conversations is to speak your truth. And I'm going to even add, own your truth. Own it. Your truth is your truth. And that can be a beautiful thing. (laughs) Owning your truth and speaking your truth at times can be a very liberating and empowering thing to do. So speak your truth, own it. And then the last agreement for number four, and this is as important as just as well, expect and accept non-closure. Ooh, come on. (laughs) Expect and accept non-closure, which means that in a conversation or even in a training, that we may not have a solution to a problem that has been addressed. Let me say that again, that we may not have a solution to a problem that has been addressed. 
A courageous conversation is just that. It's a conversation. We can't expect to show up to courageous conversations always expecting that a solution or a resolution or some sort of resolve is going to happen, right? We might want it to happen. We might hope that that a solution may happen, but we're human beings. We are still in a pandemic. You know, all of us are experiencing some sort of transformations and shifts in our lives. So we may not have the answers to everything at that moment within that time and space. So let's be okay with expecting and accepting non-closure. Okay. I like this also because I also think about this even in relationships. Say if, if a person may have experienced a breakup. And say if the breakup has been an emotional or hurtful or painful breakup, and part of the hurt and pain may also come from the fact that there was no closure. But the older I get, the wiser I get, and the more I understand that sometimes there is no closure. You know, there is no closure. And sometimes the closure is just you showing forgiveness and releasing it and letting it go. That can be the closure right there. And even within DEI work, it's the same thing. You know, I'm sure for even for folks who are listening on, on the podcast, all of us may have experienced some moments in our lives where we've experienced discrimination or bias or someone says something that was offensive or did something that was offensive. And a part of the hurt also comes because there was no closure from that, you know. But again, the older I get, I, I begin to understand that, hey, if I want to live a happy and peaceful life, I can't allow myself to hold on to anger and resentment from something that someone else said or did two years ago, two months ago, 20 years ago. You know, I can't live my life like that. So the more that I engage myself within this DEI work, I also tell myself that there will be times where I have to close it for myself. This person may not say something to close it. They may not apologize for what they said. They may not apologize for what they did. They may not even see any wrongdoing in what they said or did. But what I can do to help myself to move forward is to forgive the person, accept what has happened without judgment, okay? Forgive them and just move on and just accept that there may not be any closure to this situation. You know, I referenced this earlier. And to be honest, that is where the therapy comes in. That is where the therapy comes in because the therapy can help you to have that closure and to even be okay with not having closure. Okay. Woo. (laughs) All right, you all, listen, I didn't even expect to unpack and share all of that, but I decided to be transparent in this conversation because the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion, the work of having courageous conversations can be an emotional task. It can be an emotional work, okay? And it can certainly be difficult at times. But I thought that I would come on and share these four agreements to help us as we continue in this journey to make these agreements to ourselves to share these agreements with other folks who are also involved in this journey with us and to give us some guidelines, to give us some inspirational guidelines as we move forward, okay? So again, to wrap up and to summarize the four agreements, number one, stay engaged, 
stay engaged, stay committed, stay engaged to the process, to the task at hand. Don't allow yourself to have distractions, right? Stay focused, okay? Number two, experience discomfort, okay? Experience discomfort. Number three, speak your truth and own your truth, okay? I'm going to add that in there. Speak your truth and own your truth. And then number four, expect and accept non-closure, okay? Expect and accept non-closure. And again, my recommendation is that anytime where you know that you are about to have a courageous conversation with another individual, with a group of people, share these agreements, just share these agreements and just say, hey, before we begin this conversation, is it okay if I share some agreements that I would like for us to agree upon? Or, you know, what, is it okay if I share some statements that I would like for us to agree upon? before we have this conversation, is that okay for me to do that? And more than likely the person will say, yeah, sure, let's let's listen. So this is what I would recommend. And again, if you want further information and further unpacking, I would strongly encourage you to check out Glenn Singleton's book, Courageous Conversations About Race, because that is where I've acquired and somewhat modified this information from. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me on the Equity Experience podcast. I hope that you have a good rest of your day. I hope that you are well and blessed. I hope that your loved ones are just as well and blessed too. Thank you for joining me here on the Equity Experience podcast. Until next time, be well and be blessed. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.